Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting radiolemon.com. The Bathurst 12 Hours on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Three sisters there, some of the ancient rock formations. There's waterfalls, rainforests. It could be as relaxing or as adventurous as you'd like it to be. It's one of the most popular day trips out of Sydney, but really take more time. You need a weekend or even a week to appreciate its wonders. And speaking of, when you get over the Blue Mountains, you pass through Lithgow and about 40 minutes further down the road, you come to a city called Bathurst and just on the outskirts of that is this place Mount Panorama 6,213 metres 23 corners and we're in full blown qualifying mode everything cranked up to 11 for the Alan Simonson Pole Award in the Pirelli Shootout Richard Crow, Garth Tander John Heindhoff with you Shay Adam, Jack Perkins and Chad Nalon in the lane Two 15 minute flat out sessions, five cars in each at the end, someone lifts a really special and meaningful trophy and we'll start on pole position for the Repco Bathurst 1000 at 5.45am gentlemen, there is nothing like qualifying at the mountain and that is an excellent beer snake where they're playing the limbo outstanding work by them good afternoon that's as bathurst as bathurst gets <laughs> <It's> so cliche because <laughs> cars roll out for a shootout a beer snake and they're playing the limbo under it you cannot be any more bathurst than that for our international viewers on the live stream uh, if we could talk about getting under things then what's the time that you're going to have to get under to take oh. the alan simonson paul award i'm, I'm ticking that one off that's the Sticky segue, number one. And if you'd like to see more of that, and you are watching around the world, Superview is available for you. That's a staple, supercar rounds anywhere. So right. get on board. If you're watching from overseas, you can see more of that. There's also some great supercars racing. Unmissable. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, lap time. Well, that's a very good question. Last year, 12 months ago and a couple of weeks, one of the great qualifying sessions at Mount Panorama, and indeed the fastest ever qualifying time for any race ever in the history of Mount Panorama. Maro Engel, two minutes, 0.8819. Now, we haven't gone near that today. However, everyone tends to go just a little bit better when it comes to shootout time at Mount Panorama. Uh, they're going to have to go quickly, <laughs> quite quickly, because that rain is looking quite threatening. Uh, that might actually throw the whole idea of what we're doing here into mm. complete yeah. confusion, because what we've got in these two sessions is the less quick cars uh, that were in the top ten are going now. They might have the best conditions yeah. here, Garth, and you want to be out there right now getting your Pirelli tyres up to temperature and pressure and bothering that stopwatch straight away. Yeah, that's correct. So to back to Richard's original question of what time is it going to take to sit on pole position for tomorrow's Redco Bathurst 12-hour. Brock Feeney was the fastest in qualifying with a 201.89. So that's nearly a second away from the time that Mario Engel did last year. So it is much, much cooler now. I just stepped outside the commentary box to get a bit of a feels-like feel of the weather. Uh, and it was definitely much cooler than the conditions we had in qualifying. And with that cloud cover around, 
less UV on the circuit again. So that's one thing that you need to take into consideration. So I think you're going to have to be in the ones. Uh, yeah. Whether it's a mid one is probably where you'd want to be. Ironically, with a bit of cloud cover now, this looks like it could be almost perfect conditions. Just bringing the track temperature down a bit so we could see some really fast times. Had a word with the guys from Mantai during the time that we were out of the booth and we had those outstanding support category races. Uh, thanks to uh, Nolts, of course, and uh, the cast of... Uh, special guests who've been in with them, including you. Um, exactly as we suspected, by the way, they are just having to work a bit harder to get the Pirelli tyres up to temperature and pressure on the Porsche 911s, both of them, the 991 and the, the 992. And as also as we suspected, we looked at the BOP changes. The 991 does not have the extra 10 kilos. Yeah, yeah. It's purely the 992. There's a slight difference in uh, the fuel... Uh, tank sizes as well, which is also a difference between the 991 and the 992, just by a litre. Yeah, so some BOP changes just prior to qualifying. Oh, actually, you can see there on the dash of Kelvin van der Linde, the race logic, the timer that they use for stint length and pit stops has come adrift, and that's wobbling around in there. So it's not going to cost you any lap time, but, gee, it'll be annoying when you see that thing flopping around. So you'll see it. It's hiding behind the, the dash uh, the 22 MPC signage board. And then when we flick it to the chase, there it is. Here it comes, just stepping up. So there it Hello. is. <laughs> so that is going to be infinitely annoying. That okay. will be over the course of the lap. They'll fix that up in between runs for Kelvin Vanderlin. City's line. eye line, though, isn't it? You it will absolutely in your oh. eye line. It's like a live G-meter. <laughs> Just showing the forces at work. So the they have GPS in it, that thing. It'll be going yeah. crazy at the moment. <laughs> so Kelvin van der Linde, the 27-year-old South African, will set the first representative-ish lap time at a 203.78. They'll go quicker than that. Liam Talbot watching on. He'll share this car with Kelvin. So who have we got? We've got Kelvin van der Linde, the South African. Ricardo Feller, who has had a couple of starts in this race. He's in the sister out from MPC, Audi Sport, the number two KFC car. This is Maxime Martin back for another year with the BMW WRT squad. Car number 46, Valentino Rossi, has been very, very quick in this car all weekend. And then both Porsches from Manti EMA. So we saw a shot of Yasser Shikin watching on. He's in car 911, the Shell V-Power car. Alessio Piccarello is behind the wheel of that car in his Bathurst debut. And car 912, which I noticed was the last car to leave the pit lane by a good chunk of time, is the Grello, the bright yellow and green uh, latest spec 992 GT3R. And that's got M. Campbell behind the wheel. So Matt Campbell, former pole sitter here in 2022. Kelvin Vanderlinder has qualified second twice. And his combined margin losing poles about three-tenths of a second on combining the two together. He'd love to get the Alan Simonson pole award today. Oh, that was neat. Very neat and tidy for the KFC Audi R8. And number two car, Ricardo Feller, coming down Conrad in that red and white car. Vanderlind is going very quickly too. It's a pretty good lap. Somewhere in the ones, you'd think. For car number 22. 
Audis at speed at Mount Panorama. This is Ricardo Fella under brakes for Murray's. Decent lap for the young Swiss driver. He shares this car with Brad Schumacher, and it's a 203.5, but it's about to be beaten by Kelvin Vanderlinder, oh. who gets into the twos with a 202.82. Gave away quite a bit of time in the final sector. That's about nine tenths of a second away from what a really, really good lap in qualifying spec will be, but his first and second splits were really good. So that's a bit of a shot there from Vanderlinder. And just to emphasize, any one of these cars could be on pole. Just because there's five still to run doesn't mean that one of these five could grab that top spot. At 202.8 for Vanderlinder is about three and a half tenths away from what he was able to do in qualifying to get himself into the top ten shootout. So I've, what I have noticed, particularly from Picarello and Maxim Martin, is a much more deliberate strategy to bring the tyre in. So much more gently bringing the tyre in, not as aggressive. So a much more deliberate strategy to bring the tyre in. Not as quite as gently there for Picarello as he left the chase, but you can see now there's a lot more energy going into this car. And this is the start of a push lap. You can hear the front tyre shuddering. So the front tyre still not there 100%. For Alessio Piccarello as he starts his first real push lap. It was a 6-2 in that preparation lap. And that's it's funny you're calling six as a prep lap. Yeah. But you could definitely hear the front tyre shuddering as he turned into the last corner. When the tyre shudders across the surface, it's not biting into the road. Therefore, there's not enough temperature in that tyre yet. Goff, have you put... Again, put your team manager hat on. Have you put enough fuel in the car to do the full 15 yes, minutes here? Yes, yes, yeah, okay. yes, you have. Because you don't know with red flags, you don't know what's going on, so you need to... You basically work out 15 minutes, how many laps we're going to do in 15 minutes, so you work that out, you work backwards from there, and you have a little bit of extra fuel in there to make sure you can get back to pit lane and do all the scrutineering checks you need to do. But you need to give your, your driver every opportunity. So a 15-minute session, you're not carrying a whole heap of fuel to get the job done. Vanderlinder flying. Maxime Martin, quickest first sector of everyone, 50.3. That's only two and a half tenths slower than Maro Engel's first sector last year that put him on pole with a sub 201. Vanderlinder, 2027. So he finds another tenth in the Audi. But gave away a little bit of time in the first sector. So yet to complete a full lap. Mm. Vanderlinder oh, to string oh, oh, oh. those three together. And Martin wide on the exit of the chase. So he'll surrender a little bit of time there. This is the first push lap for car 46. So, definitely cost him some time leaving the chase. So and dirt on his tyres yeah. as well. The right-hand side tyres, which work hard. Yeah. So, they will clean up now. Martin, a 3-2. So, that was looking like it would have challenged Van der Linde's 2-7. He gave up a lot of time at the exit of the chase. It's Piccarello. And that's late. These Porsches are breaking so late. We saw that from Matt Campbell in qualifying itself. But I mean, they are right on the ragged edge in that braking because there's little movements and corrections on the steering wheel all through the deceleration yeah. phase there. I love it when people tell me that GT3 cars are easy to drive because they have ABS. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, you show them an in-car footage like that where the car on the brakes is at the absolute limit and say, well, you go have a crack and let me know how you go with that yeah. because these cars are so hard to maximise. And yes, they have ABS. Yes, they have traction control. Yes, they have a lot of downforce. But driving any car on the limit is hard work. And Proof those, positive yeah. from the BMW, just dropping its right-hand side Pirelli's into the Bathurst dirt. <laughs> so Picariello's final sector emphasised what you were talking about, about the braking quicker than anybody as Matt Campbell goes second. 
This is another look at the Bimmer across the top. BMW with one pole position in the GT3 era of this race, at least with Chaz Mostert. Campbell's final sector yeah, was mega. enormous. Mega. And he's huge chunk of time. And remember, if you saw qualifying earlier today, the Porsche took quite a long time and it kept building and building to get up to speed. So there will be a little bit more to come as Ricardo Feller now goes quicker than Kelvin van der Linde. So the Audi's just trading spots two in front of 22. 202.66, the quickest time. So just over three and a half minutes left in this session. So it's just a one run for everyone. So yeah. A more deliberate, bring the tyre in, so potentially under pressure the tyre for a longer run. In the first heat cycle of the tyre, you do get more performance from it. So. Right to the right-hand edge of the circuit. And remember, there's no runoff there as you turn into Murray's the final corner, the final left-hander. It's white line, then grass, or dust, in fact. 2.028 goes to third, so decent lap. Picariello a little bit wide on the exit of the final corner. And the and first even corner. wider at turn one. <laughs> I see your last corner and, and raise, raise you, you at turn one. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Matt, 50.69 to the first sector. Was a personal best, but his middle, not utterly spectacular relative to everyone else. He's still on a personal best lap. I say that, he's fourth. He's only 0.32 from Ricardo Feller's ultimate lap time at this point. So still time to find. Have a listen to the flat six Porsche. At 8,000 RPM through the kink. And then as late as anything, under brakes at the top of the hill at the chase. So Matt on pole here in 2020. Great shootout lap. Used the Porsche's strengths across the top of Mount Panorama and under brakes to put himself on pole. Was the brand's first pole position here as well. What lap time is this for Matt? It's another brilliant final sector to 202.9. Closes the margin. Doesn't change his position. I wonder whether they've taken a lot of aero off that car because it's yeah. very strong in the first sector, very strong in the last sector, not so strong in the middle. And to win races at Bathurst, you need to be fast up the hill and fast down the hill because you can't pass across the top. So yes. I wonder whether Porsche just changed their strategy a little bit with the way they run their cars because traditionally the Porsche's always been super strong across the top of the mountain. Picariello at the top of the mountain now in front of a huge crowd right on the fence line to Skyline. Snag's fifth gear before the thrifty bridge. Now get it all gathered up. Loads of curb on the left-hand side there. I'm loving what this guy's doing in the Porsche. He's just outdone Matt Campbell in the first sector and then Campbell's just outdone him. So a bit of inter-team battle going on between the two EMA Porsches. But Picarello in the older generation car is doing some pretty special things. 122.3 cumulative lap time so far is personal best. Campbell pushing on about oh, 0.05 quicker to the first split. Fella still going on with it as well. You can see the little green sector pop up against the name the driver of car number two. This is the Shell V Power Porsche. Nice. Yeah, that was nice. That was very tidy. These two... Well, he's going to close the march and he's still 0.6 away from what would be provisional pole at the moment, car number 911. So let's see where this lap time stands and if there's any improvements. A 3-0. So he did get some margin, but again, no further position. But Matt Campbell's not too far behind. In fact, he's exiting the chase now. So fourth place right now, point two. He'll get to the line and he will get one more lap if he mm. needs it, the Queenslander, but that will be it. 
right now, fourth at best. But there's big improvement oh, for the wow. Porsche. And Campbell pulls two tenths of a second and goes to the top, 202-42. And he will have one more opportunity, one more push lap for Matt Campbell. So he continues on. Checkered flag is out. So now every car that comes to the line, this is their last chance. Ricardo Fella will be the first to see the checkered flag. What does he have? 3-1 remains second. Fastest of the Audi so far. Vanderlinda had a very good middle sector. Oh, throws it at the last corner. Hopes <laughs> for the best. How does he come out the other side? No, nothing. 2-7. All but matches his best time at 2-7. Stays third. Campbell's final sector in that session was where all the lap time came in on that lap. Vanderlinda seven tenths of a second away, and Matt's got out of it to Manti EMA. A bit of a joint forces operation between the iconic German Manti Racing Squad and EMA Motorsport, headed up by Alex Frains and his hardworking team here in Australia, based out of Melbourne. Matt Campbell. Well, there's some net gain, so he's mm. gained some ground. The worst he can start now is P6. But it could be better than that. That's a pretty good benchmark. 202.42 for the Queenslander. 0.2 of a second quicker than Ricardo Feller and Kelvin van der Linde. Good point made about how the cars are making their times. Kelvin van der Linde was nearly four tenths quicker than Mark Campbell in the middle sector on their respective best lap times. But Mark Campbell comes out on the top of part one. It's a two or two, four. That is the benchmark. And everybody who goes next knows what they have to do. And that's it's a bit like winning the toss and deciding to bat second. Put the other lot in and you'll go and chase them. And that's what we'll do for another 15 minutes next here on the mountain. For Max Martin, that was all that the number 46 BMW had, and he left it out there on the mountain, having a slight debrief with his engineers to make sure that if there's any useful information, he can hand it over because Sheldon Vandalinda is involved in this next section in Team WRT. Two cars, two sessions. It's a little bit of an advantage for them. Let's see if maybe I can just interrupt Max really quickly here. I'll take you, Valley. That's good. Both guys. Max, you pushed so hard in that stint out there. I can tell you left it all out on the table. How difficult was it to try and get the tires up to temp? Uh, yeah, it took uh, a bit longer. I mean, we, we did a, a bit longer process to try to get them uh, to temperature. And uh, the car was good, very good for, for one lap. <laughs> but I did a mistake, and uh, I, went, uh, I went in the gravel, so we lost uh, the peak of the tires. So, yeah, anyway, it's... Uh, it's a shame, but at the end, it's a long race tomorrow, and that's the most important. And have you guys decided who's going to get the honor of starting in the darkness? Uh, no, it's not decided yet, but uh, we'll see. Valentino, is that a challenge that you would like, to start in the darkness? Um, no. <laughs> no, I, I think that uh, I will not start. Or Maxime or Lello. Anyway, it's a, it's a long, long race, so... I will have time to <laughs> to drive. <laughs> you have a very strong race car. That's the good news. 12 hours to get to the front. Good luck tomorrow, gentlemen. Grazie. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much. Ciao. I saw a lot of comments in the live stream yesterday.
asking, which Schumacher is that? I can tell you, it's Brad Schumacher who's out there running around this weekend and he's just seen his teammate and co-driver, uh, Ricardo Fella, just walk back into the garage. Pretty good effort out there from both the Audi drivers in that first session. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we chased the circuit uh, all, Thursday, uh, all Friday and so today we've finally got a good car and uh, Ricardo has done an amazing job in uh, the top 10 shootout there to put it into P2 so far in the bottom five. So hopefully that's enough to keep us on the front row for tomorrow's start. What sort of race car do you feel like you guys have? Is it a better qualifying car or a better race car? Um, we've been working on a race car the whole weekend. So, yeah, I feel like we'll definitely have a better race car. And so, yeah, we, we, we did make some changes, obviously, for the top 10 shootout, make the car a little bit pointier. Uh, but then we'll try to make it a little bit more compliant, look after the tyre a little bit more over the duration of the race. So, uh, fingers crossed, and we'll see how things go. It's hard to say how strategy will play out tomorrow, but through the letter of the law and the rules, you don't have to do more than essentially 40 minutes of the race, but surely you must want to get out there and do as many laps as you can. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I do this because I love racing, and so, yeah, I'm uh, happy to do as little or as uh, much as I need to do. Whatever the uh, strategists and our engineers work out will be the best uh, arrangement for us, is what I'll be complying to be, and I'll do the best, the best job I can for the team. The guy who won last year has a house on Conrad. Maybe the guy who has a house at Turn 1 could win it this year. Best of luck tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Much appreciated. Hey, Matty, uh, great job out there in that session. We see there's a, looks like an interesting team shirt of yours here. But look at that, Australian supporter. But, hey, tell us about that session. It was a mega job in the end. Yeah, thank you. I mean, uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, for me, it was actually harder than the last session. I don't know if the track evolution or whatnot. Um, we didn't really have a big shift in our car balance. So I more or less expected much the same, maybe just a little bit better. But uh, actually, it was a little bit more difficult. So uh, got it. Done. A few moments out there, but uh, reasonably happy with my lap in the end. We've got a car safe, and we're going to be about in the mid top ten, you know, no matter what. So uh, good starting position for tomorrow, and uh, yeah, on to tomorrow. Car looks really fast down the long straight. The last sector, Garth Tanner in commentary was wondering whether you've maybe taken some aero out of the car for the race tomorrow. Is that the, the sort of position you're in? Yeah, I mean we trimmed it a little bit, you know, overall, but uh, in the end, the car is relatively the same as it was in the previous session. Uh, and I think as a race car, we've got a really, really strong package. I don't think we're necessarily the quickest over one lap, but the most important is we're there at the end of 12 hours, and, and hopefully in last hour we've had a fight. So anything can happen, but uh, yeah, quality done. Um, now we can focus on tomorrow. And before they came to us, you were telling me that it wasn't easy out there. There was a couple of moments. Is that because of the, the aero balance or just qualifying at Bathurst? I think it was a combination of both, to be fair. I mean, uh, I expected the rear tyre to come on a little bit quicker um, compared to the previous session. Uh, but in the end, I was having a couple of moments there uh, on my first sort of one or two actual proper flyers. So a little bit too close to call in, in some areas of the track. But my last lap was relatively clean, uh, certainly on the nervous side, but pretty happy. Let's see where you end up. The worst you can start tomorrow is sixth. Yeah, thank you so much. He's already gone 1.1 seconds quicker than he did when he got pole position here four years ago. Matt Campbell, really good lap provisional pole, but still five cars to run. So Triple Eight have a couple of cars in different classes and both have qualified for this Pirelli shootout. Jamie Winkup is not going to be qualifying. He's going to be watching his young teammate Jordan Love. Jamie, tell me about Jordan Love. Not a lot of people in Australia would know him. He's just a young bloke from Perth. That's basically it. Young boy from Perth, AMG factory driver. So he's done a lot of miles in these cars and he's, uh, he's very, very fast. So proud, uh, proud, proud to be an Aussie. Um, and he's, he's, uh, it's his fourth weekend in a row uh, racing these GT cars. Just come back from the Middle East last 
weekend. So um, very experienced. I'm semi-retired. More than happy to hand it over to Jordan to try to keep us in the top five. How much are you enjoying the GT operation for Triple Eight? Both the stuff that you've achieved and some great achievements recently uh, throughout the Asian and Middle Eastern regions. But are you enjoying the the difference that you get to the normal yeah. world? Well, this division of the of the business is just keeps growing and growing and growing. And um, to win last weekend in Abu Dhabi for the, the Asian Le Mans series was, was fantastic. A huge, huge achievement for Triple Eight you know, in our 20-year history, not just in the GT land. So, um, no, GT cars are. They're fantastic cars. The series is fantastic. Um, we, we're committed to Australian GT this year, the Asian Championship, and also um, you know a heap of endurance stuff through through uh, through Europe. So it's massive. It's a huge huge uh, campaign. But um, yeah, we're just forever forever learning the the GT way. And uh, this weekend is just another datum point. And so far, both cars in the top five qualifying. We're in, we're in a good place. Right. Enjoy the next 15 minutes. Thank you. Mate. Thank you. Cheers. McGrenier doesn't need to learn the GT3 racing way, but Bathurst, this is only your second trip here to the mountains, so the decision to give qualifying to Brock Feeney, I can imagine that was a little bit hard for everybody within your team. Yeah, I mean, but I knew already before the weekend as Brock is, uh, knows the track very well here, he's racing a lot of supercars. Obviously, uh, the fans like him as well, so I let him do the job. Uh, I'm planning to do the start tomorrow, so it'll be a nice challenge. That lane has just opened. That means we are green for qualifying. Let's find out which of these Mercedes can challenge the Porsche to get pole. Dries Fanthor, your co-driver just rolled out on brand new Pirelli tyres. How's he feeling ahead of this run? Uh, yeah, I think quite well. I mean, um, he did a good run uh, on, the, on the previous quality session, so it uh, looks like he has a good rhythm at the moment. Uh, I think it's, it's quite important around here to, to get into a good flow, uh, to get close to the walls and, and to, to optimise the whole track close to the walls. Uh, so let's see what we can do. Is it an advantage going out in the second half of the session to know the conditions and the lap times that have already been posted? Yeah, it's just, you know, as long as you cross the line, the first time you cross the line, it's nice to know where you can be positioned knowing the lap time they did before. But uh, at the end, I think uh, we just want to go as fast as possible. So uh, no matter what lap time it can be. All right, well, watch with interest. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. 15 minutes was on the clock and we are counting down from that. If the first session is anything to go by, it might be at least a couple, possibly three laps before we see some meaningful times. It's interesting the way that different cars, different drivers and different teams, Garth Tander, decide to do that tyre preparation and bring the tyres. We'd say up to pressure. We mean up to temperature and pressure, really, because where you start rolling out the pit lane on cold tyres is not where you want them to be when you're starting your fast lap. No, I mean, the tyre will grow 5, 6, 7 PSI uh, in, temp in pressure and therefore in temperature over the course of a two or three lap run. So the rate at which you bring that up is um, up to the driver, up to the team, how they do that. We heard from Maxime Martin in the 46 BMW from WRT saying we had a very deliberate bring the tyre in gently strategy. And then I've just watched Maro Engel and Lucas Stoltz go out of pit lane and a pair of AMG Mercedes, like straight out of the lane and straight on it. And then the two triple eight AMG Mercedes, very slow and very deliberate. So even though it's the same manufacturer, same car, two very different strategies about how they bring the tyre in. So we're coming down to 12 and a half minutes of the 15 to go to decide who gets the Alan Simonson Trophy. Right, Krilsey, you have studied 
you have crunched numbers. You have writing on a piece of paper in front of you. I know that you've thought long and hard about this. Where, where's your dollar going? Oh, I'm not going to pick one. No, absolutely All not. Right, give me a tie. Give me a tie. Oh, I, I'm, Come I'm, on, no, no fancy. I, I don't want to get splinters think, in you. You know what? I don't think Matt Campbell's 202.5 right. will stand. I think you're going to have to do a one to get pot yeah. today. Okay, so Matty Campbell was 0 0.05 off the time he did in qualifying. So yeah. he did a 202.42 in the shootout just uh, moments ago. He did a 202.37 to get himself in the game. So all but matched the time that he did. So Brock Feeney did a 201.89. It is 15, 20 minutes later now. So we do know that the track, as it cools down, does give more grip. The UV and the sun and the cloud cover is about the same so, as what we had for the first five cars on track. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a high one. Um, the car that I think we need to keep an eye on is Mauro Engel. Yeah. Because he's just been chipping away, chipping away. Like, he only just got in in the practice into the top 50%. And now he finds himself in the fast five going in, in this Pirelli shootout. And every session that car's gone faster and faster and closer to the top of the timesheets. If, if I had to pick one, if you put my hand up, Ow! <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say uh, Sheldon van der Linde, uh, the 32 BMW, got a little bit of help on the BOP. They're a bit lighter. And... That car has been looking strong. It does everything well, that BMW. When we've looked at certain cars that are quicker in a straight line, certain cars that are quicker over the top, the BMW just seems to be a really good all-rounder. So well, if you crunch the numbers out of the first part of our Pirelli shootout, BMW quickest in Sector 1. And I think you'll see where I'm going with this. And Audi was quickest across the top of Mount Panorama and coming down the hill would you believe me if I told you it was a Porsche I would so a little bit of everything playing to the strengths but right now it's four Mercedes AMGs and one BMW all going at it oh well you've picked two I'll go somewhere else the way that Triple Eight have approached this event so far has been incredibly professional incredibly rigorous of them and they're built and built and built and in qualifying earlier today they put their t cards on the table and it was a really good hand and both of their cars were quick. And I think Brock Feeney, who came within two tenths of grabbing pole here last year, I think he can do the job today because he has been spectacular. We'll find out because they're starting some push laps now. It was interesting when you called the sectors there. So BMW fastest in the first sector, Audi fastest in the second sector, Porsche fastest in the third sector. None of those were AMG Mercedes and that was the fastest car in qualifying. Correct, exactly. So we often say that the AMG is the best all-rounder car, and that's a pretty good indicator when none of it set none of the fastest sectors, but it does set the fastest lap time. Just under 10 minutes to go, and we're starting to get to the money laps now. Still overcast, conditions pretty good as we're turning up the wick to decide pole position for the Repco Basset 12 Mara Engel, last year, 2 minutes, 0.8819, the quickest qualifying lap in Bathurst history. Two-time pole sitter for the Repco Bathurst 12-hour. We're riding on board with a hugely experienced and very fast German. But right now, there's another German car going quickly because Sheldon van der Linde has set the quickest first sector of qualifying so far in the number 32 WRT BMW. Purple to the first sector. Purple across the first two so far. So while this is going to be a good lap, that bright yellow bimmy you could just see coming out of the elbow is on a really good lap. 
Well, this car of Engels looks so nervous on entry. He saw it at the chase and again at the final corner. As it turns in, the rear of the car stepping out on him. So Engel, he ends up sixth. Lucas Stoltz straight up to the front row. A 2-5. But this car, we expect, will trouble the front row and do it with style because... Sheldon van der Linde, two very strong first sectors, comes to the line now. What does he have for us in the number 32 Shell BMW? Goes to the top. A 198 for your first push lap, if you don't mind. 0.4 of a second quicker than Matt Campbell. <laughs> Massive margin. See how late he braked for Murray's and how... The front end comes down, it's almost scraping, but none of that movement in the braking area that we've seen from some of the other cars, Garth. Yeah. He's got that nailed. The team have got that nailed. Van Son Voss and WRT, a couple of seasons with BMW. Now, after an insanely long time uh, fighting for another manufacturer, and my goodness, they've, they've turned out a good car. They've played the game very, very well here this week. Yeah, they certainly have. They've shown glimpses of speed in practice and in qualifying ahead of the shootout, but that 2019 is pretty impressive on your early push lap. This lap from Stoltz has been seriously good to watch across the top. While we've been singing Sheldon van der Linde's praises, Stoltz has got this thing dancing. And this car looks much more settled in the braking zones and it looks much more much more under you, under you, if you like, as you turn the car in. So he's done a personal best first sector. And a personal best at the end of the second sector for Stoltz. So, see what he's got in this last one. I love this uh, shootout concept, Krilsey. I know it came out of um, a period that was difficult for racing. I'm pleased it's been kept on these two. Five car, 15 minutes. Get out there and give it all you've got. I think it works really, really well. He's Stoltz coming down to the end of the lap. He's moving around in the braking zone. He's across the curbs as well. Comes across the line. How close do you want it for second place, guys? So <laughs> second back to fourth is covered by two one-hundredths of a second. Brock Feeney now gets in on the action. He goes to second with a 202-24. Jordan Love with a 203.1. Young guy from WA oh, gets oh. the glass. It's not yeah, the first time long. he's done that. That's the way to point it at the apex. It's not <laughs> the first time he's done that, <laughs> is it? He turned in rapidly. He likes doing that. A reminder for our internationals, we do time down to, f to four decimal places uh, here in Australia. And we might need all four of those by the end of this. So is Are they that, done? Is that run and done yeah. for van der Linde? That would be an enormous achievement. This is the replay of Jordan Love, so just a little bit wide. And the entry into Hell Corner. So, yeah, I wonder whether they just fueled that car. One run. Yeah. No pressure. Ice the intercooler. There you go. And then that's it. Job done. That's a great lap. 201.9. 24-year-old South African. The younger brother of Kelvin van der Linde, Who's tried for so long to get a pole <laughs> position here. And the irony is that his brother... <laughs> is going to show up and yeah. do it. <laughs> Could do it. It's going to take some beating that lap. If anyone can do it, it's this guy. Maro Engel. Decent first sector, decent middle sector. There's improvement coming for the group for M Racing AMG with that really cool celebratory livery celebrating 130 years of Mercedes in motorsport. They've done so much, not just Formula One, but way beyond that as well. And this guy's been a massive contributor. Paul here in 2014, he got the first Alan Simonson Pole Award. Just eight months after we lost our great mate way back when, and then he backed it up last year.
He has got a great track record at this place without having troubled the top step of the podium yet. Should be some improvement from Romaro. But the final sector lets him down a little bit and he remains P3. Yeah, still has the over-rotation at the chase and the final corner. As soon as he turns the wheel, he has to catch it and uh, kill the momentum in the mid-corner. So Engel remains third, but still continues to improve as the position. So, I mean, they'll be happy to be starting third should it remain the same. Is there anything that he can do with the tools in the yeah. car? Brake balance or Absolutely. something like that, that he can, he can mitigate that? Yeah. You have definitely still have brake balance, so you can change the brake performance front to rear. And you also have different ABS maps, if you like. So the amount of ABS that goes to the front axle or the amount of ABS that goes to the rear axle. To me, it looks like AMG are using the rear axle to rotate the car, so they've got a lot of rear brake in the car to make it turn, but that's overpowering. So when the car's on the limit, it's over-rotating and making the car nervous. If you get it right, it's working nicely, but yeah. it just looks like the rear axle's overpowering the front. So and maybe leave that ABS map as yeah. it is, but dial some front bias into it. it might be the challenge. You wouldn't set it up like that for the race. No, that would be no, no certainly quality challenging. Spec. Definitely yeah. quality spec. Three minutes to go, Krillzy. Who's on the quick ones? Kenny Habal was watching on. Well, Jordan Love's still pressing on. Tenth at the moment. So Matt Campbell, we saw, set the quickest time in part one of the Pirelli shootout, has now been relegated to the second row of the grid. So his 202.42, good enough right now for fourth, but still potential to go further back if Stoles or Jordan Love on this lap in particular could go quicker. So the 88, not far away. We're watching Brock Feeney hustling on in the national storage triple eight entry and personal nice. best middle sector across nice. the top so yeah. he's not given up that might have been a very good benchmark from Sheldon Vanderlinder but Brock Feeney who is such a great rising star of Aussie motorsport he was on the throttle nice and early leaving Forest Elbow that lap so looked like he had a bit of mid, mid corner understeer but he just buried the throttle and hoped that it would rotate late and it did Nice and late on the brakes. And that car, again, looks much more settled than Mauro Engel's car. So I mentioned earlier that Feeney's braking a little bit earlier than some of the other Euro drivers, but flowing more speed through the mid-corner. And that's treating him well lap time-wise. That's neat again, that. So does Feeney improve? He improves the lap time, but not the position. And then just improves the lap time. Seems to be locked in on a 2-2, that car, at the moment. Remember, Love. he did a 189 to get yeah. into the shootout, so the car has the potential. Jordan Love with a 3-0, so 1.1 seconds away remains 10th. There is Sheldon Vanderlinder watching on from the WRT BMW team. That squad winners here in 2018. Never had a South African on the top spot in qualifying at this mm -hmm. place. A little first from another great motorsporting nation. Could he do the job? Charles Vietz and Dries Vantor. Dries a winner here with that squad in 2018 when they were an Audi team. Engel still pushing on. So Maro's gone quicker. Personal best in the first sector. And Lucas Stoles, this is his final lap. There's yeah, only a minute to go, it. but... Yeah. Stoltz has rolled out of it, so... With less than a minute to go, he won't get around and back to the line again in time. Mara's just done his personal best going up the mountain. How is he across the top? Just waiting for the time. Oh yes, that's his personal best as well. And he's a couple of ticks of the clock away from Shelton von der Linder's time. At the moment, he is in, he is in a challenging position. 50.1 against 50.1. 31.3 in the middle. This is going to be 
potentially an improvement, but will it get him onto the front row or will it get him all the way to the Alan Simonson trophy? No, he's no, bailed out. Get you to pit lane. Wow. <laughs> it's a surprise because there was potential to go to the front row there. And Feeney's rolled out of it as well. So Jordan Love's still on a lap, but it's not a lap that's going to put him anywhere quite near the front couple of rows of the grid. So BMW, as the chequered flag drops on qualifying, BMW back on top in qualifying at Mount Panorama. They scored pole here in 2018 with Chas Mostert and a brilliant lap from Sheldon van der Linde, the 24-year-old South African from a great South African racing family. They've qualified second here before. His brother Kelvin just missed out twice. And Sheldon has done the job for BMW with a 201.98 to grab the Alan Simonson Pole Award. And they were so confident, Garth. That takes some kind of belief in yourself that between the engineer and the driver, there was no more pace left in that car. We're going to park it. There you go, guys. I'm in the clubhouse at 7-under. Come and catch me. Yeah, I think as a, as a team, you make that decision going into the session. We're going to fuel the car for one run. We're going to prep the tyre for uh, go out and do it very, very early. The driver needs to go and deliver, and he's delivered by two and a half tenths over Brock Feeney to start from pole position. So big, big job from Dries Van, uh, Sheldon van der Linde to start from pole position for BMW. Only their second pole in the GT3 era for BMW. So and look how tight it is yeah. from the front row right. backwards. It is ridiculously close. Uh, all subject to post-qualifying checks, but at the moment, that's how it stands. WRT, the team from Belgium, Vincent Voss's équipe, two years as a BMW team. They've snatched pole away with a confident drive from Shelton von der Linde who did his laps, parked the car, got the kettle on, boiled an egg and waited for everybody else to come through to the end. And that is the Alan Simonson Paul Trophy going the way of a phenomenally well-organised team. Beautiful lap, and it's great to see WRT back on top. We've got the Alan Simonson Trophy here with uh, the crew from Pirelli ready to introduce it to our pole team here today. Ten years of the Alan Simonson Trophy, and what a special moment this is for Sheldon van der Linde getting the job done. We'll hop in and have a chat with these guys right now as well. Thank you. Kelvin's come close over the years. He's been second on a few occasions. I know to the sports car world how much the name on that trophy means to a lot of you drivers. So how special is this one here at Bathurst today? Honestly, man, I have massive goosebumps right now. I mean, just coming back to Bathurst and driving this track in general is, a, is an honour for sure. Um, to be on pole here in my second running in Bathurst is obviously unexpected for sure. Um, my brother's here as well trying to, trying to catch me in the race for sure. So we, the pressure's on definitely. But, um, yeah, my teammates have done an amazing job so far. And uh, as you can see, there's a bit of gravel on the side of the car. So I was really pushing on the second lap to try and improve. Unfortunately, I went off in, uh, in the Fast left downhill, so yeah, honestly, very happy with the lap. No mistakes from my side, and uh, I think that's a really, really good race car. I'll get a word off the boys next to you as well. WRT have had some special moments, Dries, here over the last few years. Where does this one stack up getting the pole today? I mean, for me, uh, I had a bit of a relaxing afternoon. Uh, it was more Sheldon, did a really good job, uh, so congrats to him. But yeah, I mean, uh, together we did, we did work quite hard yesterday and today uh, to get the car in a good win. It looks like it's, it's, it's there at the moment, but uh, I mean, it's a very nice day. It's a very nice achievement for us now, but uh, now the hard stuff starts. So um, let's see if we can be there tomorrow evening as well. 
Charles, we've seen how great this car is in the hands of uh, an amazing driver and Sheldon's capabilities over one lap. Tomorrow, the three of you have to do it for a much, much longer race distance. How will this BMW stack up over 12 hours? Well, hopefully we can stay where, uh, where we will start. So, first of all, congrats to, to Sheldon for putting up... Uh an amazing lap. I have the chance to drive with, the, yeah, for sure, two of the best drivers on the grid. And, uh, yeah, I think we have a, a good package, but we know that the Porsche, Audi, and Mercedes are very, very strong on the, on the long run. So, yeah, it will be very interesting, but we will give our best, that's for sure. Well done, guys. This car led a lot of laps last year here at the 12-hour. An amazing combination. Sheldon getting the job done over one lap. Cannot wait to see how this car goes tomorrow. Winners of the Alan Simonson Trophy presented by Pirelli, and they are on the pole for 12 hours tomorrow. Well, I've got two drivers from the 911 Porsche. I'll start with you, Alessio, qualifying P9, first in class. You must be pretty pleased. Well, yeah, first, uh, the goal was to be in pole in, in the class for sure, but I would have liked to be a little bit further up. But, uh, yeah, it's my first time in Bathurst. So I'm still learning. Uh, we are tuning the car, and uh, we have a good race car. Uh, that's the most important. Uh, our package is really strong, so I'm really looking forward for tomorrow. You enjoy driving this uh, circuit uh, in the new tyres in qualifying form. That's pretty cool, hey? Yeah, it was amazing. I need to thank my, my teammates and the team to let me, let me drive the quali because for the first time being in the top shootout was a really real honour and I really enjoy it. So, yeah. And Harry, you told me uh, that you might be starting tomorrow morning the 12-hour race. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited about it. Obviously, Alessio mentioned that the car and the package is looking good in, in, in race trim. Um, of course, yeah, we'd like to be a little bit further up you know, in, in the qualifying order, but the pole position in class is all that we ask for. Um, yeah, that's what we're, we're aiming towards. That's our ambition. And, uh, yeah, to do it alongside with Yasser, yeah, we're fully motivated for the race. It's a long race here. Sort of prepared for it. What happens tonight in terms of hydration and getting yourself ready for tomorrow morning? Yeah, we have some good people looking after us, making sure we're hydrated, feeling fit, and no sore areas. Um, yeah, the race starts very early, so it'll be quite cool to head out in the dusk and uh, to, to finally see the light and really realize you've still got another 10 hours to follow up with but um yeah i'm excited for the start and uh, yeah early early to bed tonight um and then hopefully enjoy some celebrations tomorrow evening and the third driver yes shaheen has joined us in the conversation hey going well so far starting p9 first in class how are you feeling you've got a lot of experience here but not so much in the porsche no not at all in the porsche and uh she's a handful to drive but uh she's super exciting she looks the part so we're we're dressed to the nines tomorrow in this fantastic liveried uh Shell Ben Motorsport Park car. The guys are great. We've become mates already, so we're looking forward to a great, great, great outing tomorrow. My next question was, how are you enjoying the, the two younger co-drivers? Are they keeping yeah. you on your toes? Yeah, amazing. I mean, you know, I really feel like we've got a, a bit of a disadvantage with this car this year. Uh, it's it's nowhere near as strong as the other brands over the top, but uh, their coaching, watching their laps, are just it's something amazing, really. Uh, I feel really good about tomorrow. This is our year, mate. And what's the plan? Just try and stay out of trouble in the early hours. Make sure you're there towards the end or talk us through it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, last year we led... It's a long race. Last year we led for 11 hours and had a brake failure. So this is just endurance driving. It's just looking after the tyres, looking after the car. No mistakes. I, I, it's not my first rodeo, so I, I hope tomorrow's our day. Anytime you get to race around Bathurst, it's a pretty cool experience. Absolutely. And to be able to show it off to these internationals, how proud are you to be here? Proudest punch. Pinch yourself. I mean, who would have thought five years ago we'd be able to showcase our brands and our businesses here? Fantastic. Good luck all tomorrow, mate. Thanks so much. Cheers. Well, now all the hard work is done. Brock Feeney, front row again. You happy with that? Oh, look, I am happy. Um, 12 hour last year, the 1,000 last year, and now 12 hour again, I qualified second. But, uh, yeah, not happy. Uh, it's, it's good. The laps here are crazy in qualifying. It's, it's hard work across the top of the mountain. Didn't have enough speed for that BMW then, but we'll go for it tomorrow. But, yeah, great car. Really looking forward to 12 hours of racing tomorrow.
as I understand, neither one of you guys is going to be starting the race. It's going to be Mick who gets the fun in the dark. Uh, how did you convince him to take that? Well, they're just rumours. Obviously, none of that's true right now. Uh, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens in the morning. I'm sure we'll have a, a long discussion tonight, but he's very experienced in those conditions where just a couple of barriers from Australia that drive supercars normally. So hopefully I can have a big sleep in in the morning and stroll over about lunchtime and these lads have done most of the work. Well, Will, it's not like you've been doing a lot of the hard work in the last two sessions, but before that, there was a lot of heavy lifting. So how do you calm yourself down, reset and prepare for the race tomorrow? Yeah, I felt like I did a lap then. I was pretty nervous watching that, but uh, no, Brock's done an awesome job all weekend, so qualify provisional pole, and then second, it's awesome to start on the front row, but for me, it's just been building up, getting more and more laps, and getting more used to the car. And the team as well. I mean, how much of uh, a utilisation is this race for you, preparing for next weekend? Yeah, it's massive for us to be able to be on the track all weekend, do a 12-hour race tomorrow, and then come back here next weekend in the supercars. It's uh, it's awesome preparation for that, and obviously for myself, getting used to uh, working with the new team. So uh, that's been a great part of it as well. I'll ask both of you this. I'll start with you first, Will. Do you like sharing the car with him? Yeah, no, it's been terrible. No, I'm joking. It's been, it's been really good. Uh, yeah, it's different for me. You know, I'm not used to sharing a car all the time. So, uh, no, it's been good, though. It's been a lot of fun teaming up for the first weekend. And Brock? Yeah, I could say some real bad joke, but no, it has been good fun. Uh, we get along. We get along okay. But, uh, no, it's been good. Obviously, uh, having Mick as well has been awesome to lean on someone with so much experience. And uh, for myself and Will, we don't drive these cars so often, especially for Will. It's sort of he's just jumping in. So it's been good fun this weekend. We've got a great team behind us, and, and let's hope that can pay off tomorrow. Good luck, guys. Look forward to chatting with you throughout the race. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.